morning we're going to uh, continue this series. I'm going to preach about uh, the valleys. I'm talking about valleys. And last week we talked about the valley of crisis. This week I want to talk about the valley of giants. And uh, let me just kind of get, get started here, get, get moving forward here. You know, uh, basically when the Bible talks about mountains in, 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 in the scriptures or valleys, it's either talking about you know, high places which are good places, places where we enjoy. I love going to the mountains. I love going to uh, Prescott or going to Flagstaff, and especially in the middle of the summertime, and the air is fresh and clean, and, and man, it's kind of like you get away. You just kind of get up there, and then, but when you go into the valley, it's symbolic. It's symbolic. Now, we live in Yuma Valley. I love it here, but the symbolism is that the valley is a place where basically uh, it's, it's difficult when the Bible talks about when they went into the valley for different things. So that's kind of the, the thought this morning. So uh, valleys are low moments. Uh, you feel like maybe giving up. Uh, basically, you feel like all hell's coming against you, but valleys are the place where the hair stands up on your arm, and you sense the presence of God, and you know that God is close. You know that God is there. It's a, in a, a good time. And so uh, basically the moments that we feel like we're in the in the in the... In the mountains, we feel as though God is making a way. But here's what I want us to think about just for a minute. God is not just the God of the mountains. He's the God of the valleys. God doesn't, uh, oh, don't go into the valley. I can't go there. The valley is a, is a place that I'm not welcome. Listen, God goes where he wants and does what he wants. As a matter of fact, David said it like this. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. David found out that God, or he knew that God was a God of the valleys. Now, we're not just talking geographically. We're talking about in life. When we find ourselves in those desperate places, in those places that, that we're thinking that we're all alone, we're thinking where, you know, there's just, it's just we're surrounded. We feel like we're, we're suffocating, as it were. But God is there. And he's not just the God of one valley. You might have gone through a valley in your life. You might be in one now. God's not just God of that valley. He's God of every valley. Because here's the thing. Life is full of peaks and valleys. We go up and sometimes we have to come down. We go through because we're on a journey. And sometimes this journey leads us through places that we don't like. I think if you were to sit down, take a piece of paper, and write the last 20 years of your life down. I mean, just broad brush it. What's happened? This has happened. This has happened. This has happened. You could say, well, this was a mountain. Oh, that was definitely a valley. Well, this was a mountain. Well, this was kind of a, a, an even plain. Yeah, well, you were either getting ready to go up or go down because that's what life is. Life is a journey, and we're either going to go up or down, but there's an end result, and that is the, the, the promises of God, the ultimate promises of God, that we will be with God. And the truth is, whether we're up or down, geographically or spiritually, God is there. He never leaves us, and he never forsakes us. How many times have you felt like you've been in the valley of the giant? A bad report, or maybe not even a report, Maybe you're in a place where you need somebody to tell you what's going on, but nobody will tell you because they don't really know. All you know is this sense of, of woe. Whoa. <laughs> this sense of, of I don't know what's going to happen. 
I feel that, that the enemy or that things are not going well. How many times have we been in that place? Probably more times than we even remember. But God is always there with us in that valley. You know, when we tell the story of David and Goliath, because that's what we're going to talk about this morning. When we tell the story of David and Goliath, sometimes if we're not thinking, maybe we kind of think of it as a kid's story. Because I know when my kids were little, we had a little book, and we would uh, read the book the story, and it was really brief and telling about the story. But here's the thing, and it is definitely a great story to tell our kids, but this is not just a kid's story. This is a story about violence because some of us are experiencing violence in our lives, in our spiritual life, in our physical life, in our, in our relations. We're experiencing violence. The giant hasn't come just to kind of poke you in the chest and, and make fun of you. The giant is coming to tear you apart, to destroy your life. That's what his goal is, is to destroy everything that he can that belongs to you, that God has given to you. First Samuel chapter 17, I'm going to read a few verses and we'll kind of jump around here a little bit. But it says, now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled. I'm going to jump through here a little bit. They pitched their tents. And verse 2, it says, uh, Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah. And, uh, and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill. The Israelites occupied another with a valley between them. There was a valley between them. The valley wasn't going to take place on the mountain. The, I mean, the battle, the battle was going to take place in the valley. It was going to take place in the valley. But the thing is, is the battle starts on the hill. The battle starts on the mountain. It starts in the, in the hills. Because that's where we have to take our stand. That's where we have to know in our heart that God is with us. That God would not forsake us. That we've come here in the name of the Lord, wherever that is. This was a literal army that had come to the Valley of Elah on the mountain there. They knew, well, they should have known that they were there and that God was with them. And they believed that, I believe, when they marched out there. But when they saw the size of the giant, they said, wow, dude, you got to be kidding me. Uh, who's going to go up? I don't know. I'm going back to the tent right now. I'm going to go back to the tent and maybe play some video games or something. Because I don't like this. This is terrifying me. Because that's what the giant comes to do. The giant comes to terrify us. This valley or this battle is not a surprise attack that we're going to read about. And neither is the ones. The devil doesn't come to surprise attack you. Sometimes it feels like it. He doesn't come. The, giants don't come to surprise attack. You know what giants do? They come, the giant report, the giant negativity, the giant thing that happens in our life that we feel like is going to choke the life out of us. You know what he does? He shows up, it shows up, and it begins to stand in the distance and taunt. You're going to die. You don't have a chance. It's over. Oh, you just think you're going to win, but you're not going to win. As a matter of fact, you're not even going to get one blow off. You're not even going to get one shot. You're not even going to get one. It's, the, the enemy doesn't come and, and say, we're going to sneak around the back. Now, sometimes he does that. But we're talking about the valley of giants. The giant doesn't care what you think about yourself. He wants you to think, he wants to know what you think about him. And what we think about the giant makes all the difference in the world. Actually, what we think about God makes more difference. Because God is the one that will give us the victory. The valley isn't going to be 
beginning in the valley. It's going to be beginning in and on the mountain. So the mountain is the safest, most comfortable place to be. But yet, when we look down in the valleys of our lives, and see, every one of us have valleys in our lives. And here's the thing. There's some of those valleys. I know that for me, I, you know, we, we go through situations. We go through times in our lives. And Dana and I have talked about this. And we'll go through a season. It hasn't been this year. We haven't seen one of these this year yet. But we go through a season, and I'll say, man, it just seems like everything is just in the right place, showing up at the right time. It's like, man, you go to bed, you get up, the bills are paid. Man, the, the air conditioning's working great. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. And, man, everybody's at peace and, and all this. But in your heart of hearts, you know, it's kind of like a roller coaster. Man, you love the level. I love this. But you know what I hate? I hate this. I hate when it does this, when it drops. And that's the way in life. But you and I both know that this is coming. But God doesn't say, oh, oh, I didn't know that was there. God knows. And he goes with us into the valleys. He goes with us. And so the mountain is the safest, most comfortable place to be. But when you look down or you, you lean over and you look into the valley, here's what happens. You hear the giant saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting right here for you. As a matter of fact, this is what he says over and over and over. You can't win. It's impossible. You can't win. But I'm going to give you a fair chance. I bet you Goliath probably would have said, I think I'll even, with one arm tied behind my back, I'll take on your best. Now, he didn't say that. But the thing was, he was that confident that he was willing to battle anything and anybody that they were willing to send. Send your best. Because they had believed the lie. They had believed the lie. We can either stay on the hill or walk into the valley and take the giant's voice and take his head. Take his head. What does that mean? Well, I'm not talking about flesh and blood, please. I'm talking about the thing that tells you that your life, listen, 2020 was the year it all turned around and it just got worse from here. Not for me. Not for you either, hopefully. I'm not going to believe that. The giant's telling you, you know what? It's a new normal. It's going to be really miserable from this point. Mm, I'm not believing that. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying stock in that. I'm not going to embrace that. Is it going to be different? Probably. It gets different. It's different every two, three, four, five years. Things change. But God has something for us, and it's not less than. It's not living in a less than place. And so this is what the giant says is, as, as we're, we're on the mountain and we're looking down. This is what we hear him saying. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy your family. I'm going to destroy your finances. I'm going to destroy your health. I'm going to destroy everything. I'm going to destroy your dreams. I'm going to destroy. I am going to destroy you. <laughs> that's what he does. That's his, that's his, that's his taunt. Get your, get your best together. Go ahead, send me the best you've got. I'll fight him. Not a problem. But here's the agreement. If I win, then you're going to be our servants. But if, by chance, you win, then, looking at his troops behind him, then we'll be your servants. I want you to know, you don't fight. You know, even in, in warfare, you don't, I think when you fight with conventional weapons or conventional warfare, you can look back over history. And you can see how, you know, the enemy will, I mean, you look all the way back to the, to the uh, uh, Revolutionary War and the French and Indian Wars and all the things that went on. You know, here they would come and they would line up in battle array and they would march. 
and the the, the colonists in the, in the French and Indian Wars, they would hide behind trees, and they would sneak up, and they would do things. You know why? Because they weren't going to do things conventional. They were not going to let the giant or the opposition set the rules of battle. So we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Send out your best. I want you to know God's not saying, well, you know what? You just, I'm going to give you some armor too. I mean, it's going to, yeah, here it is. Uh, yeah, let's see. Oh, I don't think that's big enough. Yeah, we do have armor, but it's not the same kind of armor. It's unconventional armor. It's the armor of God. It's knowing the truth. It's acting in faith. It's believing that God has our back. And not just our back, he goes before us. He's our rear guard. He's to the right and to the left. He protects us and he guards us. We can stay in the hill or we can go into the valley. But if we're going to go into the valley thinking, well, you know what? Uh, he's got a 40-pound, an 80-pound sword or whatever it is. I'm, I'm going to have to have an 80-pound sword too. You will lose. Especially in this scenario here. Because as we'll read forward here in a minute, it wasn't really... A, this guy was a giant. This guy, they say he was between... Seven and eight feet tall. I don't know. I can't even fathom that. I can't even imagine. Now, he had other problems as far as uh, the research you can do. He had uh, problems. As a matter of fact, one, one um, uh, commentary says that he probably had sight problems, that there was some kind of a syndrome that people that grow huge like that, they, they have other things. Now, here's the thing. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to say the giant had his own set of problems, but he wasn't worried about those. He was just trying to steal the courage from the people he was getting ready to do battle with. If we can stay courageous, if we can stay courageous, and being courageous doesn't mean that, we, that, our, that, our, that our flesh doesn't have some heebie-jeebies going on. It doesn't mean that we don't have maybe some goosebumps sticking up on our back of our neck going, ah, you know, but what comes out of our mouth and what we're willing to do, you know what? I don't have a choice because I believe God. I trust God. It's hard to worship on the mountain when you hear the giant in the valley. And that's what happens. Man, we find a great place to worship in life. We get to a great place and then we begin to hear the giant mouthing off. I'm going to destroy your children. I'm going to destroy your grandchildren. I'm going to destroy your country. I'm going to destroy your church. I'm going to destroy your finances. I'm going to destroy everything that you have. I'm going to destroy your health. We're trying to worship, but and you know what it's all about? It's all about us saying, you know what? Time to go into the valley. It's time for us to go in to the valley. Here's what I do know. We love the mountain, but the battles are won in the valley. And I don't want to just live on the valley trying to ignore the voices, just ignoring. Now listen, last week we, we read the story about Jehoshaphat. And the one thing that the Lord told to Jehoshaphat is the, pretty much the same thing that I believe that the Lord spoke to David in this. And what David said as he was uh, reciting what he knew in his heart. This battle is not mine. This battle is not yours. This battle is the Lord. This is the Lord's battle. Well, why do I got to be here? Because he goes with us. He goes with us because it's really about the enemy trying to deceive you. And if you are going to believe God or if we're not going to believe God and we're going to believe the lies or if we say, why can't we all just get along? Because the devil and the enemy and these giants that try to steal everything from us, they don't really have any interest in getting along. They want to rule and reign. Let me pick it up here. Verse 4, read through a few more verses. A champion named Goliath 
who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span, between six, seven and eight feet. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a coat of uh, scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. They say that's somewhere between 80 and 125, 150 pounds. Really, it's hard to know. Different things say different things, but it was heavy. And it says on his legs he wore a bronze greaves, and anyway, he had a javelin slung on his back, and his spear... Uh, the, the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. The iron point was 600 shekels. They say that it was at least 17 pounds. And the reason why they, the commentaries say is that it was so heavy is because it was to pierce through shields. It was to pierce through armor. You know, you get something heavy enough with enough force behind it, and, you know, it'll pretty much pierce anything that they were making in this day, anything you could carry anything you could wear. And so when these guys would come up on, the, on the, the hill and they would see the giant come out and they're seeing that, that sword, they're thinking, dude, or that, that spear, they're thinking, you know what? Not for me, man. You know what? That's, it's like going up against a tank. Going up against a tank. Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If I am able to fight and kill him, you will become our servants. But if I overcome them, uh, him, you will be, become our subject to us and serve us. Then the Philistines said, and this is what really made David mad. And this is what should make us mad. The giant said, I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man to fight. Actually, another translation, I defy the armies of the living God is another translation, the way it says it. In other words, he's saying, your God is a wimp. Your God is a wimp. Your God doesn't have the ability to save you. God who? Come on. That's what he was saying. Your God doesn't care. Your God, I will take him out too. That's what David heard. Let's go on down. He says, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. It's interesting. All we have to do sometimes is hear the enemy talk, hear him speak. And let me say this. I don't believe that the enemy is necessarily flesh and blood. I don't think he is flesh and blood. I think he can put it on. But I don't think the enemy is flesh and blood, but I think he uses flesh and blood to speak through sometimes. I think he uses flesh and blood. He uses people to speak to us, to speak through people, to, to try to discourage us. I don't think that's their personal opinion or their personal intention. But the enemy will use it. He'll use print. He'll use people. He'll use anything to try and discourage us. So when we hear the voice of the devil and we hear the voice of the giant, here's what happens. If we're not careful, we begin to become dismayed and fearful. Why? Because it's the power of words. And the enemy would come out every single day for 40 days and 40 nights. He'd come out and he'd go, oh, time to go out and stir up the troops. Not his own, the other ones. Time to go out and to say, you know, I defy your, you, you, the armies of this God, your God. I defy him. I defy the armies of Israel. I challenge you. Your God's a wimp. Nothing you can do is going to make a difference. Come on, bring me your best. And then he'd go back and lie down and probably eat some more. And he'd get up in the evening and come back and do it for 40 days. Now, they say 40 is the number of testing. And you can go through the Bible. And you can read so many different things that took 40 days. You know, Noah was in the ark for 40 days. 
you know, uh, Moses was on Sinai for 40 days. It's a time of testing or time of uh, things happen in a 40-day period. And that's the reason why I believe this is significant. God was doing something in the hearts of the, Israel, the Israelite army. He was trying to. And let me say something else. This wasn't David's battle. This was the battle that belonged to Saul and to these other guys. David came carrying cheese sandwiches. He showed up with cheese sandwiches and some some roasted grain. He came down there because his father said, go check and see what's going on. Check on your brothers. He didn't go down there. And on the way, he's thinking, I'm going to whoop that giant. He didn't even know there was a giant. He didn't even know there was a giant. But when he got there, Something rose up inside of him. Something rose up. See, here's, here's the thing. And I know I'm getting off on my notes, but let me just, because I feel like this is important. Sometimes we are faced with giants that other people didn't want to face. We're dealing with things that other people didn't want to deal with. And so now I got to deal with it. It's all right, David, because God will give you what it takes to rise up and to do whatever is necessary. I think there's things that are generationally, they, they happen, and something else happens, and another generation happens. And this is not to criticize the past. This is just to say, I'm a brand new man. I'm a man that God, a person of God, and here's the thing. I show up on the scene, and everybody's quaking and shaking in their boots over a situation, and somehow God speaks something into my heart. Because here's what I hear, your God is unable because I'm, I'm with people who maybe are people of faith. Maybe they're not. But people that should have stood up against that giant, whatever it is, and they didn't. But God brings somebody on the scene like you, like me. And we hear the voice of God. We hear the voice of the enemy, and then we hear the voice of God. I want you to know this morning that the giant's are nothing compared to our God. And God can use whoever, whosoever will. Not whosoever, whoever, whosoever will. God, here am I. Here am I. Use me. Use me. Do something in and through me. And so for 40 days, the, the Philistine comes and he, and he taunts the armies of the living God and he, he speaks out and he does all these things. And it says, now Jesse, this is verse 17. It says, now Jesse, well, I don't want to read through this. I just went through that. I'm just kind of tell the story a little bit. Verse 22, it says, when David got to the battle, when David got to the, to the battlefield, uh, verse 22 says, David left his things uh, with the keeper of the supplies, and he ran to the battle lines to ask his brothers how they were doing and how was, uh, as he was talking to them, as he was talking to his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from the lions and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. What are we hearing today? Are we hearing anything? Because the world's hearing things a different way. Maybe people in your family are hearing things a different way. Maybe you've even heard things a different way, but let's lean in. I don't want to lean into the valley to hear the giant. I want to incline my ear. God, what are you saying? Matter of fact, when I do incline my ear to hear what the enemy is saying, do I go, ooh, or do I go, what? Does it make me mad? Or does it make me fearful? Does it make me tremble and shake? 
It says, David heard it. It says, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all, everybody say they all, they all fled in great fear. Now, I don't know whether it's possible and probable that David ran with them. You know why? Because he was with them. And what are we running for? What are we running? Maybe he didn't really understand because the next verses we get to, now whether he did or didn't doesn't decline or uh, bring anything in David down, but here's my thought. Maybe we have run before. Maybe we have run before. Maybe we've been fearful before. Maybe we've heard the voice of the enemy. Maybe we've heard the report of the, of the lies that the enemy, that this giant is telling us, and maybe it struck, it's, uh, struck fear in our heart. But you know what? Instead of going, oh, I got to do that again. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going there. Now I'm hearing the voice of God. Now I know what God's doing. Now, verse 25, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see... Uh, do you see the man that keeps coming out? He keeps coming out to defy Israel. The king will give wealth to the man who kills him and also give his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. The reason here is not to get riches. I don't think. It wasn't about getting riches. It really wasn't about getting riches for David. I think it was, he was offended. He was offended that he was not offended at his, his brothers and all. I can't really speak to that. But he was offended at what this, this giant was saying. Like, what? Like, what? What are, you, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? So God is saying that, that when you defeat a giant, I believe as we read this, you're going to get riches. This is what the king's going to do. You're going to get riches. You're going to get a wife, and you're going to be tax-exempt. I think what, the, what he's saying I think really correlating this with God, that God's going to change your position. If you'll go into the valley and fight, he'll change your position. He'll change the situation in your life. And I love that last part. He says you'll be tax exempt. I don't know about being tax exempt from everything in this country. But the truth of the matter is, is I believe everyone connected to us gets the blessing that we get because it's my family. I believe when you fight a battle... When you fight a battle and you win a battle, when you go through and you're willing to go in and, and fight a battle, it doesn't just affect you, it affects your family. And when we avoid a battle, like I said a minute ago, when we avoid a battle, maybe what's happening is, maybe what's happening is we're just deferring it to the next generation. We need to fight the battle that's in front of us. We need to step up and do warfare. Maybe someone has abdicated their position and said, oh, you know, man, this is too much for me. I can't deal with this. Deal with it. Because God will not just reward you and bless you and bless your family. He'll bless everyone connected to you. I think the New Testament says it this way, that if you receive the Lord Jesus, that's a battle over sin. I've given, I've given way to the grace of God, to the love of God. If I give way and I receive what God's done for me through Christ, I will be saved and my house. Now, saved? You mean you prayed and your whole house got saved? I think that word means peace comes. It means wholeness comes. It means that, 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 that the presence of God begins to saturate and touch our families. See, when I got saved... There was a lot of people in my family saved, but there were a lot of people that weren't. And so when I got saved, I began to fight a battle in my heart, in my life, concerning things with my own mom, concerning my brother, concerning family members. I'm not going to take credit, but I'll take a little bit of blame. I'll take a little bit of blame that some people came to Christ because I was willing to give my heart to Christ. And I think the same thing for you. 
We fight the battle. We don't abdicate our role. We don't give in and give up. We don't give in and give up. Let me just go through a, a few things here, and then I'm going to finish this morning. Uh, the difference in what, uh, I read this quote, uh, the difference in where you are and where you're supposed to be is the pain or discomfort that you're unwilling, that we are unwilling to endure. I don't want to go through any discomfort. Well, this, is, this can be yours, but, you, but you're going to have to go into the valley. I don't want to go into the valley. I'm okay. I'm fine. This is what I've heard people say. I don't need anything else. I'm fine. It's not about just being fine. It's about being used by God. If we're willing to, to, to endure some, some struggles, here's what happens. God will bless us. And the thing is, is it, there will be, there'll be discomfort and pain, probably. But that's called life, isn't it? Life. But why would I experience discomfort and pain for nothing? I want, I'm saying, this is where God wants me to be? Where? In the valley, fighting this giant, going, doing warfare, not giving in, not backing down. I don't want to fight the giant, but if we're willing to go in and to, to, to do warfare, what if, what if, what if? All I know is that God's the God of the mountains and he's the God of the valley as well. He's the God of the valley as well. Everybody's giant's different. Uh, you can't wish your problem away. I wish you could, but you can't wish your problem away. Uh, what was it that God told Joshua over and over and over in, in the book of Joshua? He said, be courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be courageous. Be courageous. Hey, Joshua, be courageous. Be strong and courageous. Take courage, another one says. If you take anything away from this message today, here's what I want you to take. Courage. Be courageous. Be willing to be courageous and, and fight the giants See, some people don't want to have a conversation with another person because it just is so uncomfortable. Well, then go into it with the right heart. God, I, do use me. Do in me what you want to do in me. Fix this thing in my family, in my relationships. Fix this. Well, I don't want to stir up the waters. Then leave it for the next generation. Leave it for the next one coming along, and they'll, they'll maybe have the courage to fight. The giant's doing his best to convince and persuade you of this. You can't win. I hear it all the time. You know what, Tom? You know that pain you got going on? Yeah, it's, it's with you forever. No, it's not. Mm. Yeah, it is. Oh, no, it's not. Mm. You know that, that thing you, uh, you're unable to do? That, that's it. I mean, listen, I understand getting older. I get it. But the truth of the matter is, is, that the devil's trying to convince us that things can only go downhill, that we're going into the valley to live. I'm going to go down in the valley and take some heads and some names. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. That's what we have to do. And when we come out, we live on the mountain. We enjoy the mountains. But the fact is, we're not going to get, we're not going to get victories by just, by just ignoring the voices that, that call us. The devil is... A liar. His goal is to put you back into physical captivity. If he can't do that, he'll put you into mental or spiritual captivity. That's what he'll do. Okay, a couple of last quick thoughts, and I'm going to pray and close this morning. Maybe you're tired of carrying the bread and cheese. And what I mean by that is just doing what it is you're supposed to do. I'm tired of doing this. Me too. <laughs> but you know something? That's, that's what God's called me to do. He's called whatever that is, whatever your bread and cheese is, if we will just be obedient and stay the course. You know, David had already been anointed to be king. 
that had already happened. David was being obedient. Uh, it's the training for defeating giants. If we will just be obedient and be courageous to move forward, knowing that I was out here one day. This is years ago. I mean, a lot of years ago, I was in the court, out in the, the parking lot, and I was out there, I was raking some stuff up, and anyway, somebody drove up, and it was somebody from the church, I mean, it wasn't, it was somebody that wasn't a regular person, anyway, they drove up, and they said, what are you doing out here? And I said, well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, cleaning, and they said, well, so like, you're like the garbage man? And I said, yep, <laughs> yep, Is that, was that supposed to be offensive? Because I'll pick up the garbage all day long. Because if that's what I'm supposed to do, I think if we will just carry the bread and cheese as the Father has asked us to do, he will take us where we, he wants us to be. When David got that bread and cheese and he headed for the battlefield, he wasn't going down there to fight. He was going down there to be obedient, to drop off food that his father had asked him to take. And God positioned him for what God wanted him to do. David killed uh, a lion and a bear. The second thing is, is that maybe uh, those around you don't recognize what's on you. Maybe they don't see that. They don't recognize. They didn't with David. His brothers looked at him like, Pfft. they were there when he poured the oil on David. But, but, they didn't recognize the calling and the anointing on his life. David's own father didn't even see it in the beginning. But David had been found faithful. Stay faithful. Uh, stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Don't lose heart. Stay the course. And the third one is maybe those around you are mocking your calling. Oh, Oh, you're the, you're the bread delivering guy. Oh, yeah, how's the bakery doing? Making fun and mocking. Here's the thing. Don't give up and don't give in. Walk it out. Just walk it out. I don't have, here's the thing. I love you. I love every person in this room. By the grace of God, I love every person. And I mean that. But I don't have to please you. And you don't have to please me. We have to please God. And so the thing is, if we will please God, he may call us to a place doing things that other people don't understand, positioning us so that we can step into that place that God's called us to, to do battle. God didn't say we were just conquerors. He said that we were more than conquerors. More than conquerors. See, sometimes conquerors go in and they just do what they're told. But more than conquerors, they go in with courage. They're courageous. I don't know how God's going to do it. What was it that uh, Esther said, if I die, I die. But I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. I'm going to do it. Let's pray this morning. I believe, God, there's giants in your life, giants in our lives that we have put up with, that we've just kind of tuned them out. But God wants us to incline our ear to him and then to filter what they're saying 